Welcome to Non-Fungible Rebels, a podcast where creators, tech, internet culture, crypto, and marketing meet each other. It's me, Annie Alexander, and in each episode, me and the Rebels will have a real unscripted talk, share genuine opinions, and show raw emotions. Should we start? Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Non-Fungible Rebel podcast. Um, I'm really happy to finally record a podcast episode with Anjani Young from Collablang. We we met, what was it, like three years ago, two year, two and a half years ago or something? Yeah, almost yeah. three years ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so almost three that's years great. ago, we were in San Diego. We met, uh, we were both speaking at Crypto Business Conference and uh, we met there. I think we clicked because we resonated. We had so many things in common. We we sort of, you know, we had similar views about the space. We had similar experiences and, and uh, we liked the same things and disliked the same things about the space. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a bit later but maybe first of all for those who don't know you just just give a small intro and then we can roll from there sure thank you so much for having me and absolutely i met you we clicked i remember what you were saying on stage really resonated and i was like wait i have to talk to her afterwards um and then we did and we've kept in touch all these years and it's just really special to be here with you today ani so thank you. yay um i'm anjali young i am the co-founder and cco for a bridge we are a um, technology company crypto company that started in 2018 we are the makers of collab land and that's our most popular product to date. We also just launched another project called a Telefriends that is a social fight bot on Telegram. Collabland, and we can talk a little bit about Collabland as we go, but Collabland supports 53,000 um, crypto communities. We are the creators of token gating um, and started a whole movement of crypto communities within crypto, which we're so proud of our legacy. And we will be four years in May of 2024. Yeah, I think four years is like a mature company for this space, right? It's it's like, you know, four years equals like probably 40 in, in the regular oh. business. So yeah, I mean, that that's a long time. I remember you were talking about Collabland on your speech in, in, in the event. And, and it was interesting to see that, you know, very often we talk about pivots and, and that the core original mm -hmm. idea is not the actual idea that later on sort of blows off, right? And, and, and becomes the big thing, the actual big thing. So uh, was it, and I think sometimes people stick to that original idea long enough and that's why it doesn't mm -hmm. work. So how easy was it like kind of, you know, to come up with something, then realize it's probably not working that well and getting sort of that uh, experience of deciding to pivot? Yeah, it's a tough one. I will say I have a lot of empathy for founders because it is difficult to become a founder. You have to be so passionate and believe in your idea when the whole world is telling you it's not going to work. So you have to have that like dog effect like on your you have to hold it like a bone, right? Because there's so many challenges that come with being a founder. And then also we're saying, and pivot if it's a bad idea and pivot if you're not getting traction. 
So how are you supposed to hold those two competing ideas, yeah. right? So for us, we started as a social recovery contract wallet um, back in 2018 because we identified and really still going on to this day how difficult it is to do key management, how difficult it is to go from a world where we're saying, oh, forgot my password, click and then get your new password or set a new password to this world of crypto, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're like, store your private key. Wait, don't keep it on your computer. Don't keep it on your phone. Don't take a picture of it. Uh, Carve it into a metal disc and put that metal disc and uh, bury it in your backyard. Like what is happening? Like how are people supposed to be doing this? And it wasn't working for many, many people. So that was the first real... um, spot, we thought like, okay, let's see if we can start filling this need, Mm -hmm. right? Like, let's fill this need for people who maybe want to come into crypto, but are completely intimidated by this idea of a private key or seed phrase. And let's not cut that out because mass adoption, bringing as many people into crypto as possible, like letting them see that this is a new opportunity um, to change their lives, to change other people's lives. Like this was we wanted to get as many people here as possible. That's kind of like the idea yeah. from the beginning. So that we stuck to from 2018, April until uh, January of 2020. So, you know, very little traction. Again, this is bear market as well, right? So it's like trying to get people to use our uh, social recovery contract wallet in a bear market, number one. But of course, having that like dog bone belief that you have to have as a as a founder. Uh, this is all completely self-funded. My husband and I are co-founders. Um, and so it was all self-funded by us and our money only at that point. And then um, in 2020, finally, it was like, okay, like this isn't working. Something needs to change. Like we we can't keep trying to get people to come to crypto when there really isn't anything for them to do. Like yeah. a light kind of switch there, which is like, how do we do this? Like it's not working, right? Like people aren't creating wallets because they're, unless they're speculators, unless they already have money, like there really isn't a, a way to get in. And if they can't find a reason to use, come to crypto, why would they create a wallet in the first yeah. place? So that was kind of a dead end after like a year and a half, almost two years. And then we switched to no code tooling. So it's like, okay, we can't get the, we can't get these individuals like the consumers, the retail to come into crypto. What if we build no code tooling to try to court developers and those developers will, if they don't have experience with crypto, they can use our no code tooling, let them build the applications, right? Mm-hmm. And then, then the people will come. Like it's one or the other, like let's build the, yeah, let's build the city. Let's build the fun stuff, build the amusement park, build the rides. And then you'll have people wanting to come in and sit in the rides and move to the town. Um, So that was a pivot then, not our final pivot, (laughs) as you know, but then we're building, we built these no code tooling. So then it's like, how do you get people to use your no code tooling? right? How do you get word out about your no-code tooling? Well, similar to, in you know, this is an analogy I'm kind of working out in real time, which is like, if you want people to buy milk, like, yeah, you can get them to drink the milk, but teach them how to make ice cream, teach them how to make a milkshake, teach them how to make cheese. Like, let's show them all the things they can do with this raw material, or in our case, what they can do with this no-code tooling, and then inspire them to 
start using it and make their own fun stuff, right? Like we're not going to come up with all the fun stuff. We're just coming up with some stuff mm-hmm. and let, let's use that some of the stuff to say, Hey, Ani, look, we made this chat bot using our no code tooling. Why don't, you know, you may get inspired to make your own chat mm-hmm. bot or make your own voting tool or make your, whatever you want to make. So out of all of those, we created about half a dozen different, uh, little experiments. Um, some of them took off, some of them didn't take off, but it wasn't until Collabland, which we created in May of 2020, really to serve our own needs. Uh, we had a need and, you know, this is like really COVID was a huge mm-hmm. um, inflection point for us because prior to COVID, you know, and you were around then, uh, we were all getting together at conferences yeah. all around the yeah. world. You're meeting people in real life. You're chatting with them. It's all like IRL relationships. And then COVID happens. You shut down. How do we get people together now? And we thought, okay, let's use our no-code tooling to create a way for people to get together online. And so um, we came up with Collabland. Again, not knowing Collabland was going to be you know, the thing, yeah. just Collabland was another fun thing. We started using it for ourselves. And then the people we knew started using it. And then all of a sudden, it struck a nerve. Oh, we all hold the same token. And with that t- same token, we can get access into, and this was Telegram at that time, only Telegram. Uh, we can get access to our own Telegram group that are all holders of a certain token. This is interesting. And if you sell your token or transfer your token, then you're out of the group. So it's like a real time integrity tool. That's interesting. And so it started with DAOs. We were using it for our own DAO at that point. And then it moved. It really just kind of took on a life of its own. Then it was like investment groups started forming, alpha groups started forming. Um, and then social tokens. I don't know if you remember, yeah. but like social tokens were kind of a meta in the fall of 2020. That was like, oh, we're like, oh yeah, this is going to be it. This is going to be the way that people, uh, this is where mass adoption is going to happen. Social tokens. Of course it's not, but, and, and now it's coming around to that, but at that time it did not. And then it wasn't until, um, NFT boom. spring of 2021. The NFTs. That's yeah. right. It wasn't until spring of 2021 and all of a sudden Board Ape started using us. And then that was the real pivot. You know, it's like when we talk about how do you pivot, and this is where I think there was real value in, in, in having my co-founder also be my spouse and my best friend, um, because then I was able to say to him, like, wait, NFTs, this is a thing. Like, this is exciting for me. I'm not a technologist. And I think NFTs are going to be the way uh, more people get interested in this because collecting is like a multi-billion dollar industry. Human beings love to collect, one, and they love art, art story. They love stories. They love um, coming together over something fun. Like that was something that was kind of missing crypto fun. It was all about money, right? It was about money, money, money. And now you're like, wait, this is fun. Like this is something fun. I get to collect this thing. And not only do I get to collect it, I could be in a group with other collectors. Like what? That's kind of cool. And it just kept going. And then I was like, wait a minute, let's grow wide. And now we support 
29 chains. We just launched our 29th chain. So it's like, let's go wide. Let's start integrating more and more blockchains. This NFT thing is something. And that's where we had our very first conflict because James is like a Dow maxi, like Mm -hmm. believes in DAOs, really got into the space because of DAOs. Or I was like, got into the space because of technology because he's a developer too. But DAOs were like his passion. And so it was like, let's keep building up the DAO stack. Like, I don't know about this NFT thing. I want to build for DAOs. Like DAOs are going to have their moment. This is a way for mm-hmm. us to finally like have true democracy, right? Like the idealism of all of that. And I was like, uh, can we just use the NFT thing right now? And we can come back around to DAOs. <laughs> and that was a little bit of an argument between us, but I won. I don't know. I got to win on that one. And we really went all in on NFTs and supporting more chains. And I was, and this is part of founder life too. It's like, I was sending DMs to every single new NFT project that I saw coming out and literally from the Collabland Twitter account and just begging them to use Collabland. Hey, look, you just launched a new project. How about you want to get all those people that just bought your NFT into a group together? Like, you think that's something you'd want to do? Because I have a free tool and you can use it and you can get all of your people into the same group together and talk to them and get to know them and, mm-hmm. you know, build a community around this NFT. Um, and I did that and it was a bit of a hard sell initially, but after about a month, um, four to six weeks, every single new project, I would say like, Hey, you know, do you want to try Collabland? And they'd say, Oh yeah, we're going to be using Collabland. (laughs) Oh yeah. We're already using Collabland. And that was like the first real moment where I was like, like, okay, thanks. never mind, Bye-bye. Do your thing. Um, And it was a really special moment. And even all these years later, like it, I still remember that that was a special moment. Um, Yeah. And that was the start of it. And so now it's grown, you know, much farther than that. Now we have plenty of like in our top 50. Now we have so many DeFi communities. We have so many gaming communities. Like it's not just NFT collections. Now we're going to start seeing even more like with Bitcoin ordinals. Like we just launched Bitcoin support in October of 2023. I spoke at a Bitcoin conference. They are so excited about NFTs, but even NFTs on Bitcoin weren't a thing back then, right? Like even, even, Right. It wasn't a thing. There was no ordinals. There was no Bitcoin stamps. Like Bitcoin was like, no, no, no. You buy and hodl. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I I was surprised that you said that Bitcoin community was very excited about NFTs because like, you know, the Bitcoin maxis don't really strike as people who would be excited about NFTs, right? So Not then. Not then. Now it's, uh, you see, now things are changing. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. And really, it just shows like we want art. We want lore. We want storytelling. Yeah. We want collecting. Like human beings are human beings. And so even though Bitcoin was able to like fend them off for a very long time and love the Bitcoin community, uh, I spoke at a Bitcoin conference in October and it was all ordinals and it was all DeFi. It's like all the things that was not the original thesis for yep. Bitcoin, which was hodl, hodl, hodl. And so now it was like, yeah, ordinals and NFTs and like, and really, I think we're going to see a lot of it. Like a lot of projects that are even on ETH right now are doing collections on ordinals as well now. Yep. And we're seeing that the art and storytelling culture, where is it going to go? We're humans. Like, what are you going to think? We're different. Like our current version of human is different from 
you know, whatever, 50,000 years of humans, like we've always been inspired by art. We've always been inspired by storytelling. The stories that last are the ones that spark our imagination and and inspire us. And so that we're not any different. Like as much as we all like to think of ourselves unique. Remember Josh Rosenthal and his speech, like he went like centuries Mm -hmm. back and it was like, you know, the the same thing, the history was rhyming and and things were repeating and he was kind of putting these interesting parallels about this. So no, Mm -hmm. definitely. And I think, you know, I'm very excited about the whole thing because I really don't like like you know, chain cults and, and people who are mm-hmm. sort of, you know, sticking Same. to one thing and very sort of, you know, fanatically defending that one thing and not exacting anything mm-hmm. else. So I, I am really happy to sort of, you know, see art on, on different chains. Like, you know, before it was Tezos was the only one apart from Ethereum that was like relatively active during the NFT times. Now we see Solana being way more active. Now we see Bitcoin and some others will be coming. So it's good because it's, it's again, like just like during the NFTs, you ended up with more and bigger choice of art types, which you couldn't be yes. see in galleries because no one was accepting that because it was very sort of uncommercial. And everyone can be it. Collector, and everyone can right? be collector like, and creator as well, right? Yeah. Now it's the same yes. thing. Now it's not only about one chain. Like you can actually, you know, create and collect on many different chains. And at the end of the day, the principle doesn't really change, right? Like, you know, by changing the chain, you're no. not changing the principle. So there isn't like any mm. major difference in any case, right? So I, I no. feel like... We're all going to be the same. We're all looking for the same thing. We're all looking for to be inspired, to be excited to have things of our own, like to be with others that share our experiences, especially now, Ani, like I'm obviously, I mean, I'm a child of the internet as well. I started in online communities when I was 18 and before the internet even was the internet. Uh, there was no such thing as the World Wide Web or the internet. I used to just dial up to uh, different BBSs, dial up to somebody's server in somebody's house across town. But now in this world where we're working from home where we're at, you know, we don't have the same connections IRL um, that we used to have. We don't have church, right? Like so many people are not going to college anymore. We have, at least in the United States, we have like the lowest number of people that are even going to university anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're shutting down ways where people used to be together IRL, you know, person to person. And now we are seeing more need for community, digital communities. We, we need it because if there's anything we need, and, and really this is my thesis for crypto as well. It's like the internet brought us together at a global stage. And I'm old enough to remember a time where people were calling the internet dead. Like Mm -hmm. the internet is over. No one's going to do the internet that that was a fad you know like yeah. logging into your computer was a fad and that was over but what we see time and time again is that people want to be together you cannot stop human beings from being together and what crypto allows us is a deeper way to be together yeah. we can transact with one another we can make money together we can hire different people my team is completely distributed mm. and so it's like 
and half of them are paid in crypto. And so it's like that limitation of you needing to go and get a bank account in your country and making sure that your country and that bank that you have in your country is going to be able to work with the bank in my country. And only if those two banks can have a relationship with each other where I can send a wire transfer from my bank and to a wire transfer to your bank, and then you can withdraw the money. I mean, think of all the friction that gets in the way of two people of me saying to you like, Hey, uh, I need something. Can you whip this up right now? Like, could you whip that up? I see that you know how to make songs and I'd like a song about my dog who's whatever. Right. And my daughter, like, can you whip that up? Like what that would have taken in the past. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, give me your bank account. I'll get to my bank account. I'll do this. And then all the middlemen. And And the time and the bureaucracy and and the paperwork and everything. Like, you know, it's not just the, like, and very often it's not just one middleman. There are like several. Um, So it's, it's, it's just, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's mad. So people being able to come together, work together, know each other make money together, um, build relationships together, build companies together. Like we have a third um, co-founder, Raymond, who lives in San Francisco. I've met him once. Mm. So it's like, and we're just online all the time, right? And there are other members of our team who are higher level members of our team um, that I've never met. And our relationships are very, very deep. And what we have in connection is we get to see each other just like you and I, and we get to work work together, yep. like work together, earn together, w- cha- really affect what we're doing, what I'm doing in my world, what they're doing in their world, just because of crypto. And that is not something that's ever going to go away. You're not going to be able to get that cat back in the bag. Because one thing about humans is just like the telephone, like f- air travel, like all the ways that people coordinate together time itself, right? We have universal yeah. time. You and I are able to coordinate to meet at a certain time because it. You, I know what time it is where you are and you know what time it is where I am and we can pick a time and we can meet together at that time. All the ways that we've as humans found ways to be together, to be in relationship with one another, that's never failed. Yeah. And so when you look at crypto and what that is, which is money for all of us, on a public blockchain where we can all see who has what and when you sent this and I can prove that you sent me this and it's verified and everyone can see it. It is a source of truth. How is that going away? How is crypto a fad? It it can't be. No, no, I don't think it is either. So yeah, I mean, you mentioned something that is that is something I think both of us are very passionate about, which is communities. And, uh, you know, um, I've spoken about this in different events, but also like with different people, because, you know, uh, we, we use that word a lot. And that's kind of, you know, something that everyone talks about and uses in their marketing and kind of, you know, uh, claims as having having a good one, a big one, a genuine one, etc. But not always that's the case, right? Sometimes sort of communities slowly... Um, turn into cults and it becomes like, you know, a cult by one personality leader and and sort of, you know, some dynamics are getting twisted along the way very often, especially when there are communities that are sort of, you know, forming around a token, around speculation, around flipping, around money, right? Like, you know, when when, when it attracts speculators mainly. So, um, 
So I think like, you know, what Club Blends does is partly kind of gating this that community and having sort of, you know, trying to get people who are who have chosen the same thing and are about the same thing. Uh, but also I think it's very tricky to nurture and keep the community healthy. So um mm. I mean and and I know that you guys are doing a really good job with uh just being with the community, like, you know, I can see your engagement with the community, you being among them, you being on those events, you meeting them in real life, not only on Discord, having those calls and, and games and, you know, everything else that all the fun stuff that you're doing together online. So uh, what is the key? Like, how do you keep your community engaged and genuine and healthy? Because I think that's very important. Yeah. So I'll start with saying, we're the same as everybody else. Like I, just in the, in the real world, you're going to have people that are in it for the, what we think are the wrong reasons, right? So we're not immune from that. Um, a community is really only as strong as its members, but there is a commitment. If you are trying to nurture values within your community, um, uh, values of inclusivity, accessibility, transparency, like not everyone has those same values. And so really it depends on what kind of community you want. And because of liquidity and really more in the bull market than in the bear market, people complain there was no liquidity in the bear market, but now we're back. But you, um, when you join, really the beauty of crypto is you can move freely, right? Like you don't need permission to sell your token. Anyone can sell their token at yeah. any time. So if you're in a community and it's not sharing your values, hopefully you do a little bit of research um, before you join the community. I do recommend most communities and have a general chat, right? That a non-tokenized yeah. chat, a non-tokenized space where people can learn the culture. Not everyone does that, but people should. If anyone's asking my advice, I would always say that, of course. But again, we're not immune from it. There are going to be plenty of communities that are not going to share those values and there are not all people that share those values and everyone has a different life experience that requires something different from them. So I try to have a lot of empathy for that. But if you want a community that includes people feeling valued, people feeling that it's a place where they can contribute, then you need to create that from the top down. What I say to community builders is you need to show a commitment to your community before you expect the community to show commitment to yep. you. And the ways you can do that is having a solid commitment to a content calendar. Ani is going to be in the Discord on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And on Saturday evenings, she's going to be available that you can come and ask your questions. And it is going to be an opportunity for you to get to know her. And this is assuming you have your own community. Let's pretend there's an Ani token and you've got your own project, the Ani, Ani in the woods. Let's say you have your NFT project. Um, you, number one, have to make a commitment to your community. And then you need to abide by that. That has to be your God, which is, this is my calendar. This is what I show my community, that I will be there at these times, and I'm going to show them respect by showing up. So that's number yeah. one. You're not going to get respect from your community, and your community members are not going to have respect for each other if it doesn't start from the top down. Second most important thing is being able to foster leadership within your community. There are going to be people in your community who are doing things to help others that are doing things to help you and how do you give them an opportunity to grow? Because a huge part of this 
for me and the reason I'm in crypto or what keeps me in crypto and keeps me inspired in crypto despite truly despite all of the ugly things we see is the opportunities I see for people who have been traditionally cut out of opportunities, meaning where you live, how much money you have, who your parents are, what kind of education you have. Um, there's so many, what kind, how you look, right? Like yeah. beautiful people, tall people, thin people. Like, you know, there's certain things that we value more. Yeah. <laughs> you're wrong. Right. How, what we value in terms of, especially for women, right? Women have a lot more burden, physical burden, um, expectations on what is considered valuable and not valuable. Yeah. I'd say that's a, it's, it's overwhelming burden on women, but there's lots of ways where people are cut out of positions of leadership and the opportunity to raise their own status because of neurodivergence, of disability, of so many different yeah. ways. Don't have a car, live in the village. Who the heck knows? I mean, now we're in a, in a world where there are more cell phones on planet earth than there are toilets. Like everyone has a cell phone. Getting a cell phone is not as difficult as having a working toilet in your house. And so even though it's not perfect, there is an opportunity. If you have a cell phone, if you have an internet connection, you can tap into this world, right? The crypto world. And so the same limitations don't exist now. And so allowing and finding ways to nurture people who were cut out of status building and opportunity building and wealth building in the past and giving them opportunity is a huge part of what I think makes crypto so special. You don't have to have gone to the right school. Honestly, we've hired people who haven't graduated from high school. It, I don't care. Like, are you in the space? Are you obsessed with the space? Are you passionate about the space? Do you share the values of Colabland? That's it. Like, that's what I care about. And of course, are you committed to it and committed to service? Is it very, very important too? And of course, treat each other with respect and all the basic things that we need in order to work with people that we like and trust. Um, but that's enough. And so being able to, even in the community, being able to spot the people who are giving, who are helping. When a new person comes in, there's always that one person that's like, hey, what's going on? Hi. Like, to be able to identify those people mm -hmm and lift them up and raise them up and raise up the people that share the values yeah. that you want to spread across your community, I think is incredibly important. I mean, if I just had to pick two, I would pick those two, which is show respect for your community if you want respect back and you want them to respect each other and try to be aware of who it is that shares your values and elevate them, give people an opportunity because gosh, what a beautiful thing. And, and you can't replace your, you know, you can't replace your individual self, but you can replace your values. You can, you can put those values on somebody else and replicate, I'll say replicate your values. Um, and, and that's how you grow. And then when other people in the community see like, oh, Anjali is in Ani's community and now she's a mod, or now she's running these events. She used to just be like us, but now because of the effort that she put into it, now she's been elevated to this position. And now she's working with everybody and leading like that's incredibly inspiring. And that is what we all kind of want. Like maybe we don't know how to do it, but as a leader of a community, like if you give that to your community and you show your community that we value those who share our values, it goes a long way. But again, all of that being said, that's for communities that share our values, right? Like I can tell you like what my values are and what advice I give to other communities that share my values. But 
there's lots of different types of communities and people can use Collabline. It's permissionless as well. And so, yeah, you are going to have communities where they don't do that. But because we're a permissionless system, you can, if you get into the wrong group, yeah, you stay if you have skin in the game. You stay if it's important to you. You stay with communities that share your values. And if they don't, there just isn't enough time. There are not enough minutes in the day. There are not enough years in this life to stay in a community that um, doesn't share your values. And so I hope yeah. that's something that people think about. Yeah, well. I, I totally agree with you because it's kind of, you know, if 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 you're not among like-minded people and if you don't enjoy the experience of engaging with those people, that that time is lost, right? You know, you may be gaining some monetary gains but with, you know, getting the alpha and flipping the coin or whatever, but, mm-hmm. you, I mean, uh, money is something you can lose and bring back with the time. Time is something that when you lose, you can't really bring back anyway. So it's kind of... Yeah, and it's not either or either, right? It's not either or. If you're in a community, you don't enjoy it, you don't have to be engaged in the community. You still hold the token. Yeah. So we're not saying uh, if you don't like the community, but you like the money, then yes, enjoy the gains. But that doesn't mean you need to participate in the community. And in the same way, what token gating has allowed is for community members to say, hey, you know what, Anjali, she's not really helpful here. She's actually like always spreading crap that we don't like. She's not being constructive. We're not, you know, she's not trying to better the project. Mm -hmm. We're all holders here. She's wasting our time. The admin or the mod can ban you can say, you know, I'm out of the community and, but they can't take away my money. They can't take away my token. That belongs to me. No one can take it away. I own it. You know, it's self-sovereign, right? Like it belongs to me. And so I don't have to participate in the community itself. And I may not be welcome in that community, but that doesn't mean that anyone is going to take away Mm -hmm. my money or my token or my asset. And I think that's what also makes crypto communities, um, different in that it's like you choose to participate it's not like it is a uh you have to do it in order to Mm. hold the token you don't and there are plenty of people that just hold tokens and aren't part of communities and so if you're actually going to engage in a community and spend your moments of your life in the community oh if you're in all communities the token of which you hold it's gonna be a nightmare you can't be in all of them there's no way there's no way i actually you you really can't. And for me, it's like when there's an IRL event event coming up, then I love hopping in and being like, hey, who's going to be there? Like these are, I know these are, we all share the same token, which really means we're all sharing the same attention, right? That's what holding a token is, is where I'm choosing to give my attention. That's all of life. Where do we choose to give our attention? Yeah. And to me, that's how tokens translate. What's my attention? Who's getting my attention? And so it's like when I was going to token 2049, I'm like, wait a minute. Oh yeah, there's probably going to be pudgies there. Let me hop into the Pudgy Penguins Discord, um, Collabline community, and be like, "Hey, who's going to be in Singapore? Like, you want to meet up? I'm going to go to this event. I'm going to go to that event." And it's really, really cool because it's like a, a way for you to like. Yeah, just having friends already, like just having the same token. I've met so many times people in the same project, you know, whenever you go to any kind of meetup where everyone has the same token, there is a camaraderie there for people that care enough to show up. And it's, it's so much fun. I mean, 
I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm a collector as well. And I love um, being with people. I come from a background in um, digital communities long before crypto. I've gone to many, many meetups before crypto and met strangers and become friends with them. And um, I'd say more than three quarters of my friends and I'm turning 50 in two months. Um, And um, almost my entire life since starting at age 18 um, has had a very heavy online uh, component. And so more than three quarters of my friends are online and some, probably half of them I've never met IRL before. And they're still very close with me in my life. And we share all kinds of experiences and um, it's so much fun. I, I can't imagine a world where I was only friends with people I had met. I, I can <laughs> totally, I can totally resonate with you because, you know, um, and you don't look your age at all. So, you know, you, you, you don't need to even to say that because no one is going to believe it. But, uh, you know, I, I do resonate with you because, I, you know, my, my interesting parameter is that very often when I'm like, you know, when my birthday comes every year, I'm sort of realizing that I'm getting more congratulations for pe- from people that I've never met than people that I know in real life and and there is a huge disbalance between the two so you know so some uh, I mean there are different opinions about whether that's good or bad but I don't mind at all because that's kind of a a result of the choices and experiences and and the years the way you have spent the years before right so so I can totally resonate with that it's it's just very very uh, yeah I I know what you mean exactly (laughs) Absolutely. And it's funny because I met my husband, who's my husband and my co-founder. Um, we met when I was 21 and he was 23 in college. Um, and we have been together and partners and living together since August of 1995. And it was before the internet, right? Like I didn't get my first email address until I met him. And so I don't know about online dating, but what I've heard from people is like online dating is like what everybody does. Like so many people have met their partners, their life partners through online dating. And I will tell you, I'm an adoptive mom. My husband and I adopted our children and I met my children online. So it's like I saw their photos on a website and I was like, oh, I'm going to ask about this baby and I'm going to see like what's going on with this baby because this, I saw how many photos did I see? How many stories did I read when until I met, I fell in love with my children online. So Mm -hmm. it's like what we do online and what we do offline, like it's still our one life. Like it's so integrated. Like it's just, it's all of us, like the moments of what we're doing, the moments of how we're spending our time, whether it's online or offline, it's really all the same now, isn't it? it? It's, like, yeah, it's me, kind it of merging into one and it's very hard to identify because sometimes you may sort of feel more comfortable talking to someone you've never met versus sort of, you know, someone who's just next to you. I don't know, like, you know, sometimes that happens. But uh, but I think, yeah, I mean, as to online dating, the same, like, you know, I, I don't really, um, know what it is but I can imagine that that's really needed because as you said you know since so many so things needed. so many things are diminishing and people don't really go anywhere like you know usually before where we would meet our you know people we fell in love with like you know it would be either where we studied or where we worked or you know in in, in friends birthdays here or there whatever but if you're not going anywhere we don't do that if you're online, yes, we don't do that anymore what, what do you uh, what do you have left like how else like you know if, if i'm just kind of you know imagining if if i had to meet someone now like what was i supposed to do like 
Oh, I would have to do it online. Just- I would have to do it online because the only place I go are the gym, but uh, no. <laughs> like at the gym, I, I'm working. So it's like, and I'm making crazy faces and I'm sweating and I'm grunting and I'm not my, I don't know. And I'm not looking around and being like, oh, look at me being cute. I'm not looking cute. I'm usually screaming because it's, I just recently started weightlifting and oh my God, it's so hard. Yeah. And I look, I sometimes cry because it's so hard. Weightlifting is so hard, but, um, yeah, I don't go anywhere. And so, yeah, if I was single today, then, or if I was looking for a partner, then of course I would do it online. Like it makes perfect sense to be doing it online. And there shouldn't be, like, we should accept that that's just what our lives are now. It is. Uh, and like I said, I met my children online. So it's like I built my family online. Like I didn't meet my husband that way, but um, I met my children that way, which is probably even more meaningful. Yeah, no, totally makes sense. So um, before we started recording, we were actually talking about mm-hmm. something that really surprised me because I didn't know. But, mm-hmm. you know, we um, it feels like, you know, the market is warming up and you have like a first-hand proof for that because yeah. right today uh, and, you know, this, this episode is going to go out tomorrow. So like by the time you're listening to this, it will be like, you know, the day right one day before this releases um and Johnny had quite a hectic day before before we started talking so so tell us what happened and you know I think it's a very good indication but yeah yeah so I was telling uh Ani I was telling you about this so even during the bear market um Collabland has about 15,000 people every 24 hours uh collecting roles and so either they're using a wallet they've already connected with and they're getting a new role they're checking their roles or we have about 1600 this is from last month 1600 to 2000 people uh adding a new wallet with a new asset to uh get a new role or get new access in a Telegram community or get a new role in Discord. So still at about between 1,600 and 2,000 a day, but 15,000 a day, no matter what, 15,000 a day, people are checking, making sure like I need new role or can I get a new role or what's going on with my roles or whatever. That's to, so that's within 24 hours. And that's kind of what has been where we've been at for like a year now. Like maybe we had one or two days last July that were like uh, peaks. But otherwise, it's been about that 15,000 a day uh, getting new roles, updating their roles. Today, we got 60,000, 60,000 60, in less than four hours. And Collabland started slowing way down. And we're like, what's going on. And we had to spin up new infra, you know, like make an announcement on Twitter, let everybody know. But we have not seen that kind of number since 2021. So something's happening. And I was sharing this with my uh, little alpha group that I'm a part of. And I was like, something's happening, everyone, because we support, uh, we just launched our 29th blockchain. So this is across 29 different blockchains. I'm not saying it's only Ether, only Solana, or only Tezos, or only Near, or only Ripple, whatever. No, I'm saying across 29 blockchains, um, 60,000 people joined communities today in less than four hours. And 
I don't know. I, I feel bull market vibes when I see that. So yes, people had to wait a little bit longer for their collab land rules. It's, it's fixed now. You know, we fixed it within a couple of hours. Um, so sorry to everyone that had to deal with the delay. Cause I know when you want to be in a group, you want to be in a group right now. <laughs> and when you're used to collab land giving you that role within seconds, then having to wait four or five, six, seven minutes, uh, feels like an eternity. I get it. And I apologize. Um, but I will tell you the bright side of this from our perspective is, Things are happening. And for anyone that, you know, <laughs> I'm just telling you, I haven't seen this since 2021. Um, something's happening. So take that as a data point. Also, ETH hit 2,500, went above 2,500 today for the first time in, I don't know, probably over a year or two. Um, so that's also big news. But like we are seeing a little bit of momentum. Um for us, a lot of momentum. This was a big, big day. I, I can tell you tomorrow or next week if it's continuing. Um, but yeah, we had a 60,000 person queue and we talked a little bit about is, is it a bot or is it not a bot? And it's like, I can tell you in order to join a cloudland community, you have to hit the let's go button. You go to the wallet connection page. You have to choose the wallet you want to connect with. You have to sign a message for that wallet to say, yes, this per, I belong to this wallet. Please read the public blockchain for this address and attribute it to my discord ID and it must have the asset in that wallet or connected to that wallet. It's not really in that wallet, but connected to that wallet to qualify for a role within that group. So it's, it's unlikely that it's a bot because how do you do that? And also Collabland does not allow share. Yeah. And Collabland does not allow sharing of wallets. And so if you get a new discord account and many people do get new discord accounts and then want to reuse the same wallet and we'll, and it'll, you'll get a duplicate wallet error. And then they're like, Hey, I'm the same person. I'm like, well, we don't know you're the same person and we do not allow two discord users or two telegram users or any two users to use the same wallet. So these are all unique individuals who are connecting a wallet that have a qualifying asset. So um, not a bot. And yeah, I mean, like if this isn't a bull signal, I don't know, bull for community, bull for all of crypto. I mean, like, you know, you can determine what that means for you. But um, apologies to everyone that had to deal with the collab land slowdown today. Um, yeah, we were as surprised as everybody else. Yeah. Now, I, I think it's a good sign. It, it's just, you know, if nothing else, it means that the interest has spiked. So, you know, more people are interested in different communities, want to get in, want to learn more. So, you know, even if it's not about the market itself, it's it's more, you know, it is a good sign that people are curious and people want to engage, uh, which wasn't, you yeah. know, um, it, because it's been quiet, very quiet for, for quite a long time. And, and you know, people mm. kind of... You know, I, I have spoken to many people who have been disappointed and kind of a bit down and, you know, so many NFT artists that actually left, stopped kind of, you know, minting anything. Oh, and royalties? I mean, yes, we lost royalties during the bear market. Yeah. And that was a huge, tremendous loss, you know, just kind of circling back to our conversation about art and culture and lore and storytelling and how that really makes the world go round. Yeah. And that's really what in this last bull market gave an opportunity to bring more people into the space, yeah. right? Like that's what we rally around. We rally around story. We rally around artists. They're really the most brave and vulnerable amongst us. And and that was a really a big disappointment. With Collabland, we are doing everything we can to help 
creators um, have more tools, have more interesting things for their communities to do. You know, we can talk a whole other podcast about our mini app marketplace and how we encourage third party builders and give them distribution. But one of the things that we did during um, the bear market is create a royalty detection tool. And so if you want to create special access or special rules for people who paid a royalty, uh, we would check the blockchain to see if they paid a royalty. And if they paid a royalty, then you can give them special access because we can't control the marketplaces, right? And so I hope, and I think with Yuga and Magic Eden, they're doing something now to bring back royalties on that side. Um, But I do hope that now that the bull market is coming back and that's me, not financial advice. Yeah. This is just me and my predictions. You know, me in the air, just guessing or reading the tea leaves. Um, and if I'm wrong, come and tell me I'm wrong. But with that, I do hope that that spirit of inviting people, new people to join the space and generosity and inviting people to share um, and to help artists who have been traditionally cut out of wealth, wealth building, right? Um in traditional culture, it's it's very much, that's the real gatekeeper, right? Like you have to be trendy and you have to look a certain yeah. way. And it's so limiting to who gets to be in a gallery and who doesn't get to be in a gallery and how extractive galleries can be. Like if we can bring that back, and I think there is going to be more of a spirit of generosity now that we're back in or coming back into the bull. Um, I hope we find ways to re-engage yeah. artists because you're right. So many artists left and- Getting rid of royalties, I think, was a huge disservice to our uh, into our industry. Yeah, and I think that was the time, like, you know, that group was basically the group that came into the space from outside. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, the fresh blood who never even had crypto. Like, you know, they didn't even know anything about Bitcoin or Ethereum. They never held any coins. They never traded anything. You know, they, they came in because of the art and because of the audience and because of this opportunity to cut the middleman, right? So at the end of the day, sort of, you know, that was their entry point to the whole crypto, uh, you know, world. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and it was amazing because, you know, the saddest thing that I was experiencing, like, you know, watching the, the space was that some artists during the bull run actually were able to quit their jobs and do art full time. Yes. And then when the yeah. bear came in and they were forced to go back to work again like that transition i mean i can only imagine how painful that is um because it's 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 kind of you know it, it impacts it will definitely impact their creative processes it will impact their kind of you know uh time availability uh overall kind of you know the the, the mindset and everything else so that was kind of a big blow for for many of the artists Huge so blow. i don't know how many mm-hmm. will actually come back after that i don't know but i really I think they will. I hope they will. I think they will. I hope they will, yeah. I think they will. Because I will tell you with um with the internet itself, right? Like during 1999, 2000, where we had like the dot-com bomb, what they called, and people had sworn off the internet. Um, good ideas persist. And regardless if you're getting royalties or not, which I do hope we come back to that. And like I said, Collabland's doing what we can. We have actually a new project called Telefriends that enforces royalties and they'll never be taken away from you. Like we do everything we can. But I've heard from artists who say, I have 5,000 collectors now. So regardless of if you have royalties or not, 5,000 new people are holding your art. And really, like I said, artists are the most vulnerable, beautiful, 
amazing amongst us, like for them to share their vision of the world and have 5,000 holders when in the traditional way, how is that even possible? Like to be able to spread, spread your truth. Crypto allows that even without royalties. So they'll be back. Um, They'll be back. Yeah. Because that is something that is incredible to be able to have that kind of influence and build those relationships. Like the people, the artists whose art I collect, I am fans. I am, I am deeply moved by their work. If when they sell physical art, I go and buy it. Uh, when they tweet about something, I read it. I may not always engage and respond or whatever, but I'm looking because now I'm a collector. They are a part of me and I get to be a part of them. So that kind of reach, I don't think you're going to always get outside of crypto. And so I think they'll be. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I I mean, some styles are not even accepted out there, right? You know, some styles are the ones Mm -hmm. you can only see here because no gallery, you know, they're not commercially viable and, you know, no agent or Mm -hmm. no gallery would actually want to support that. Right. And young people. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, in the traditional world, it's mostly institutional buyers or it's the incredibly rich that can afford art. Yeah. And we've kind of democratized that within crypto where there's art, like you mentioned Tezos and Tezos is really a place where a lot of artists start their journey. Yeah. Like with like low cost yeah. art, right? And so it's like being able to collect early art from someone that you're inspired by and then going to see them create different art on different chains, right? Like it's, you get to follow the journey of an artist and you get more people to see your work. Like, and again, you know, because I believe that crypto is going to continue because human beings want to be together and work together and interact with one another and build communities together. That's just what we do, what we've always done. Um, oh, it just, artists will be. It, it, it is going to continue because like, you know, um, uh, Bitcoin had more than 400 obituaries published in media over the years uh, and, you know, and it's still around. So definitely, it, you know, it's not, right. going, it's not going anywhere. And, uh, and yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think like um, I, I have a very sweet spot for artists as well. And, you know, I consider mm-hmm. myself being one as well. So it's kind of, you know, very mm-hmm. uh, something that I'm, I'm very passionate about. And I think it's, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing. And you don't even have to have like massive audience because like uh, Kevin Kelly wrote an article many years ago, which kind of became the uh, a very popular one, which was about 1000 true fans. And the idea mm-hmm. was that you don't need millions. You'd need only thousand people mm-hmm. who would be just like you, like such fans that would follow you, would look at your art, purchase stuff, go to your concerts, follow you on socials, etc. And even if, you know, they spend only hundred dollars in a year on on your stuff, whatever you put out there in one year, hundred dollars, 1000, you know, fans are more than enough for you to just, you know, do that full time. Right. So you don't even have to check. That's right. You don't even have to chase numbers. Uh, You just need to, Mm. to get that relationship in place and that that yep. quality of fan base basically so you know if you're doing that imagine yes. if thousand people did that that would be more than enough you don't need like to fill stadiums absolutely and all over the world that's the beauty of it right crypto is global the information is spread globally yeah. 
it's not like a small group of people that you have that have to like your work. Now you can find lovers of your work everywhere. Yeah. And that's anyway. that that's really beautiful. So um yeah. Uh, and I think like, you know, you make friends with your collectors, like collectors make friends with, with the artists that they love. It's, it's, it's that element as well, because like, you know, you, when you go oh, to a museum, you yes. just, you know, watch or you buy something from a gallery, like you don't even in most cases know how the artist even looks or who he is or, you know, whatever. Here you have this kind mm-hmm. direct connection and you can just, you know, send a message mm-hmm. and you can talk to them. And, and I think it's, it's, it adds additional experience and value to the whole process process yes i i do hope and and i will say being able to know no artists um is definitely one of the most precious unexpected gifts of this journey so yes i care very deeply for artists and have such strong feelings for the ones that i've gotten to know but i will say to collectors out there be tender be tender with our artists um they're incredibly special. They're sharing themselves. Uh, they usually have a lot of empathy or, or, and are deeply vulnerable. Uh, so just, you know, if I could leave some final words for people out there, it's just be tender, be tender with our artists. They are precious gifts to humanity. Yeah, I'm with you there for sure. So, so yeah, uh, I think like, you know, we covered a little bit of everything. It seems like, you know, we, we even, you know, went into the online dating thing, which, which I didn't expect you to talk about, (laughs) which I would totally do. I'm just saying like, no judgment. It is the same to me. Most of my best friends are, yeah, most of my best friends I have never met. Uh, Online dating, I think is fantastic. I think everyone should be doing it. But again, similar to community, online dating can also be crappy, right? Lots of people complain about online dating. Uh, because that we can't escape human we can't escape humanity yeah we can't escape human instinct you know there are all types of people everywhere communities aren't all good people aren't all good yeah crypto doesn't but get it's the same in real that. life as well though so it doesn't really yeah, matter you right. can you can meet crappy people like in real life as well it doesn't really prevent right. you from uh from that right. anyway so it doesn't really help much right. <laughs> very often that's right. But yeah. No. <laughs> um, so any, uh, I guess, yeah, we can finish with um, any plans for the future now that we know it's warming up and it's going to be a ro- another roller coaster most probably. Um, yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. You know, with Collabland, we've really offered a uh, a free product for a very long time. And so for us, the challenge is going to be remaining sustainable and making the money to continue to serve as we'd like to serve. And we have some ideas around that um, and are going to be moving into directions where we can remain sustainable, which really is going to allow us to continue to grow our vision and share our vision. And that requires support and that requires monetization and revenue. And um, yeah, those are kind of our plans for this I year. I didn't realize you were like still fine. free, guys. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we um attempted and you know did a bit of research and interviews during the bear market to see like is there an appetite or can can people pay for Collabland but again with the loss of revenue I mean so, loss of royalties um and it being a bear market like mm. it, it wasn't the right time and so now we're looking at other ways 
for to generate revenue so that we can continue doing Collabland, but also provide services for our members, not just admins, but for our members that will bring uh, value to them that they would be then willing to uh, pay for. So that way we can continue to do what we want, which is which is to serve um, Web3 communities and also um, onboard as many people as we can so that these opportunities can continue to grow for people that don't have them. Awesome. Sounds good. I, I think like one of the like the best things about podcasting and why I really love doing this is uh, is the fact that no matter how disappointed I get in the space and how much stuff I see that I don't like, there is always someone that I can talk to on this podcast that kind of, you know, proves that things are not that bad. So, you know, I, I really appreciate sort of, you know, the the possibility and opportunity to actually sort of, you know, meet the real ones and and kind of, you know, be able to to have uh, nice uh, and, and genuine conversations which are not about uh just money right uh because i i think crypto is very linked to money but it's not just about mm. the money it's about so much more than mm. that and not many people want to talk about the other stuff but i think the other stuff is way more interesting to cover rather than the chart we need it all yeah so you know we need it all one of the things that James often says is like, come for the casino and stay for the revolution. Yeah. But if you don't have the casino, you're not going to get to the revolution. So we need the casino. The casino is an integral part of of this whole game that we're playing here. Okay. So then I guess the mission is converting gamblers into revolutionaries. Oh, they'll <laughs> get there. They'll get there. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Anjali. I really am happy to reconnect. I really hope that we're going to meet in real time, um, in real world, in some of the events probably this year as well. So uh, looking forward to that. Oh, me too, Ani. You are delightful. And I'm just so grateful to have had this opportunity to reconnect with you personally and also to be a part of your beautiful podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's all that I've got for you today. If you want more of my content, please check out my newsletter at anialexander.com backwards slash subscribe. And I'll see you in the next episode.